Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 186 of the Circus 71 podcast for the week of October 31st, 2023. Happy Boo to You Day. Also, no. Was happy Halloween. No, it's Halloween. Thank you, though. Uh, coming up on today's show, after hours parties are selling out. Festival of the Arts has a reopening date, or opening date, I guess it would be. Additional offerings for Jollywood Nights have been announced, and in our main segment, we do a deep dive on Main Street, USA. This is the Circus 71 Podcast. All right, Donna, on to the news. And as I was pulling articles this week, Donna, for some reason, I was like, eh, you know, not a lot really went on last week. And then I was pulling story after story after story. <laughs> and like I had 15 articles and had to, you know, chop some of them down as, as I normally do. But um, it was an interesting week in, in terms of news. Uh, kicking things off with some holiday uh, related things. The first December night of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is now sold out. So there are now no longer tickets available for December 1st, 2023. Um, previously, December 14th... Oh, sorry, Siri. December 14th was previously sold out, but tickets are somehow available again. Um, the first two nights, November the 9th and the 10th, are also sold out. So... Three of the dates for Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party um, are now sold out. It's one of those things where I understand, you know, wanting to wait, I guess. Like, oh, I'm not really sure if we're going to do this. But, guys, this is not like you're waiting for something to go on sale. It's not going right. to happen. The price easy is the price that you see. And if you want to go, just please order the tickets, have Jamie or I order the tickets for you if you're already booked with us. Um, it, it's just, it's a shame to miss out if it's, you know, only one date or maybe two dates that might work for your vacation. Um, Donna, did you read, you, you don't pull the articles that are mine, correct? Correct. Okay, so I, a little trivia that's interesting in this article, I think. Last year, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party was completely sold out by what date? Ooh. I don't know if I would have gotten this. I don't know what I would have guessed. I think I would have gotten close, but not exactly right. Jamie, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I swear the older I get, the more time just feels weird how it, how it moves. Last year was the first year that we had the true party, not the, you know, taste of, for lack of a better word, correct? Oh, from the pre-COVID reopenings? Yes. Uh, we are in 2023, 2022. I had a party. 2020 would not have happened. It may have been 2021 was the taste of. We didn't have fireworks until like the following March. Okay. No, maybe not. No, I'm lying. No, I, I think... I think this is the second year. This year is. No, you know what, Donna? Because we went to Very Merry last year. That's what I'm saying. I think last year was the first. Oh, oh. Okay. Um, the reason I'm asking is because maybe. I think last year might have had like a feverish 
purchasing happening. I know it did with my client base. I had a ton of folks buy party tickets last year. So in any case, um, maybe a fever pitch last year because of that. What date do I think it was all sold out? The last party was probably like December 17th or 18th. It was probably sold out by, I don't know, November 10th. Okay. Usually they run just a touch later. I'd say December 20 something is usually it touches. Um, so I probably, I obviously looked at the answer would have said mid November, like the 15th would have been my prediction. It was November 20th. Wow. Okay. So I just thought that was interesting. I don't know. What will be interesting, Jamie, is us and our pea brains trying to remember when they sell out this year <laughs> to, to look at that date and go, oh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That'll be the impressive thing. <laughs> so speaking of things selling out. Yeah. So the first December night at Jollywood Nights has also sold out. You may remember we talked, I think, just last week about how the first two Saturday events, November the 11th and November 18th, are both sold out. Now, um... December the, let's see, 4th. No, excuse me. Yes, December the 4th. 16th. Poor brain. Uh, (laughs) Has sold out as well. So the available dates remain to be November 20th, which is a Monday. November 27th, also a Monday. December 4th, which is a Monday. December 18th, which is a Monday. And then the Wednesdays, November 29th, December 6th, and December 20th. So no more weekend dates uh, remain. Yeah, interesting. I probably should have put, we've heard uh, some more details were released for Jollywood Nights. Probably should have put that, you know, as the next article, but. Um, I mean, that would have made sense, but you know. Yeah, well, it's all right. Went to, uh, it went to the end. Next up, I'm excited about this one. And I am skeptical as all get out. Yeah, I know. Walt Disney World. Did I tell you I accidentally text? Anthony's teacher instead of responding to you about that. Thank God I didn't say anything colorful. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I, I think I said something to the effect of like, oh yeah, I'll believe that when I see it or like something Donna snarky. Oh, and I no. had to go like... <laughs> what what, what was something like Anthony's doing great in math and your reply was, <laughs> yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> Yeah, he's working on his times tables. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, that would have been so much better. I would have just said that just to make the podcast more interesting. <laughs> but uh, Walt Disney World reportedly launching dining availability alerts and date range searching soon. Um, this is according to Another um, Disney information news site, www.magic.com. WDW will soon roll out these two new features to make booking dining reservations, excuse me, via the My Disney Experience app easier. So there are other several sites um, that do this. Um, This would be the one that would be obviously the first party baked into the actual MDE um, or MDX, whatever you want to call it. Um, app. So with availability alerts, guests will be able to set up notifications for restaurants that currently have no availability during their preferred timeline. Um, What's really interesting is even though you will be able to set up the alerts, automatic booking will not be available. Um, 
maybe could be baked in a little bit later on. But to be fair, I don't think that's necessarily a deal breaker. Um, because, I mean, somebody could make the alert and then choose not to do it. You know, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, potential issues with that. So that could be part of the reason as well. Um, and then currently guests must search for a specific date to make a dining reservation. Um, and now soon, uh, guests will be able to choose a start and end date with the app showing when a restaurant is available during that entire time frame. These that are- part oh, is great. Mm-hmm. That part, I think, is going to make everyone's lives easier. Our lives, when we are making dining reservations for clients, clients' lives later on when they go, oh, man, I wish I would have asked Donna to grab blah, 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 that they can search the length of their trip and try to figure out what works for them. That I'm all for. The alerts, though, Jamie, maybe it's because I currently use other services for which I pay to get the alerts. And even with that, even with paying... Sometimes, Jamie, I swear I get the message, and the second I click on it, I still go, and it's it's not there anymore. Someone else just got it. Their server sent it to them quicker, or you know, their service was better, or their finger was quicker, or their phone was quicker, whatever. So to me, I just see this built-in piece in the app frustrating the insert expletive here out of every single person besides the one person that gets lucky. I, I mean, maybe. A lot would have to happen in order to get to that frustration, you have to have so many variables that all line up. Everybody looking for the exact same reservation at the exact same time. And then Topolino's Paris party of four, 8 AM. I mean, but, but yeah, but also for that specific date, Jamie, you are being way too optimistic about this. I think, but, but I, I, the frustration piece, the only thing that I think would make this better and, and it, in, including um, w- with caution to liability, I guess we could say, I think there should be an opt-in feature where you can check a box that, yes, your credit card can automatically be done for the, um, uh, help me, done. Either the guarantee or yes. if it's a prepay that you are authorizing them to yeah, prepay. Just a, an opt-in check and then it does the automatic book. I think that's a fantastic idea. Like a wait list like they do for DVC. Like that technology exists even within the, the Disney infrastructure. Um, so I, I'm, I am optimistic about this. According to WDW Magic, these new features are expected by the end of the year with more updates in um, 2024. And I think I'm even more optimistic and more excited because then – Six months from now, I can go to Don and say, I told you so. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be fine. I, I, I think this is a smart thing to do. And you know what else, Donna, in fairness? Because we've seen a lot of availability pop up the day before. You know, the day yes. before and things like that. This is perfect for that. I just hope it's not something that ends up being more frustrating than rewarding. Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, even if you go in and don't get the reservation, you're not worse off than you were 15 minutes before. You still don't have the reservation. Yes, but when you get that message, and again, like, I'm already using 
programs, like paid programs to do this, when you get that text and it's like, oh crap, this is available for that client. Like I'm so excited for them. And you click it and then it's like, oh, you know, here's Lady and the Tramp saying it's no longer available. You're like, oh, son of a bee. Cause like I genuinely get excited for being able to help out my clients with something. So when I then, you know, can't, that kind of sucks. And the other piece that I will say, and this is neither here nor there, I really like to be able to help folks with stuff like this. And this piece will totally cut me out of it, which I understand is, you know, not a bad thing for Disney. Um, but it, it, it puts more on the guest to do. Man. Well, I mean, but then again, we could also set up the results if we have their, my Disney experience. Yeah, but I don't think we'd get like a push notification in the email or however that's going to work, Jamie, because we're not going to be logged into every client's MDE. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We'd have to see how it rolls out. And we should also point out this is speculative and Don and I usually don't touch on rumors, but this, this is, is coming. coming. Yeah, this is yeah. going to come. So, um, Something else that uh, is coming and they should have announced, you know, six months ago. And I'm kind of angry. Oh, so funny. Um, oh, Jamie, it's not funny because it impacts my personal trip and two of my clients. I'm really aggravated. Anyway, um, typically in January, the Disney Skyliner will close for a week to 10 days for, you know, routine maintenance. And they never do it the week of the marathon. And it's usually sometime around my birthday, which is at the end of January. But there hadn't been dates. There hadn't been dates. So everyone kind of thought like, oh, it's, I guess it's not going to happen this January. I guess they, you know, they're in good shape. Ha, 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 ha. On October 25th, they go ahead and announce the, temp the Disney Skyliner will be closing for maintenance for a huge chunk of time between January 16th and January 27th. Now, of course, there is some overlap um, depending on the line, um, whether we're talking about Hollywood Studios or Epcot, you know, a little overlap there. And then the one line's closer a little longer. But this, this puts my underwear in a gigantic wad. Um, it really doesn't sit well with me that we knew, gosh, Jamie, four months ago, I feel like we were talking about the beach club pool being closed in 2025. And I know that was, a, a that is going to be a very long closure, but darn it. You're not going to tell me that Disney didn't know that this would be closed. Those dates, this should be something that when we are going to book for a client, it pops up the same way. It talks about construction at the resort or construction of the pool or a pool being closed. The flipping skyliner, a feature reason why people choose Caribbean Beach Resort, even arguably Pop, an art of animation, Riviera, being closed is a huge freaking deal. And then I'm still not done because I'm this fired up about it. They send you this lovely little email. Dear guest, thank you for choosing Insert Resort here uh, to ensure we are continuing to deliver the best vacation experience possible. It is necessary for us to refurbish our offerings from time to time. In preparation for your arrival, we would like to make you aware of routine maintenance to the Disney Skyliner transportation system that will occur during your upcoming visit. Insert information there. If you need assistance with your reservation, please contact your original booking agent. Uh, the team at Disney's Riviera Resort look forward to your arrival and wish you a truly magical stay. So we are going to close one of the reasons you're staying here, but we hope you have a great time. There's going to be no, uh, you know, anything we're giving you because of it. Jump on the bus instead. Makes me mad. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I, I was trying to figure out just for reference purposes last year when Disney announced the Skyliner was going to be refurbed. So in January of, of this year, and they announced it in mid-August. So it is, you know, about yeah. two months later. Um, the only thing I, I do want to say is I don't think Disney actually does the maintenance because I think it's um, uh, not Doppel, no, uh, the other company. Because I always, oh, no, it is Doppelmeyer, I think. Oh, the German company? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're the ones who charge um I think Bombardier is the one that does um the monorail. Or, okay. or at least was was projected to get the new ones. Um so maybe it's something on their end. It, it just it to to your point, which is all valid, I, I think I mean it wouldn't make sense for Disney to want to anger that many people. Um so it just seems like there's something else that may have been at play here. Um, it, it stinks for people. There will still be obviously bus transportation. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. Jamie, the, it's such a highlight. And one of the things that really grinds my gears last year, when it was over the summer, I wouldn't have said August. I probably would have said earlier, just out of crankiness. But I knew it was over the summer. I was able to email my guests and say, "Hey, this was just announced by Disney. I know that you chose Insert Resort here." partially because of the Skyliner. Here are some other options. And I was able to send them other options. My two guests that are staying on property, the options I sent them were crap. They were not at all comparable to what they're paying because prices have changed or where they are staying. It's not enough time. I'm sorry. End of October for something in January is BS. Yeah, I mean, just moving forward, it's going to have to be in our notes of something to tell people that you know january is the typical closure time at this point for the skyliner i'm floored that they're gonna be closed over martin luther king weekend jamie that is always a huge 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 travel weekend oh shoot hold on i started looking at the article from 2022 um yeah yeah it's it's interesting yep I guess, hold on, excuse me, 17th to 26th, Martin Luther King Day is the 15th, so it won't be. I misspoke. I apologize. Skyliner. Oh, wait, it's only a week. It's the 16th to the 21st. And then Keep gets, reading. Well, no, and then it's extended. It's two weeks for the other line. Right, so one line is closed for two weeks. Yeah, well, that also means that one line, or <laughs> technically two lines, are open after a week. For some reason, I was thinking it was like a month. No. So the maximum it's down is the 16th. 17th. So 12, six, 12 days. Yeah. 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 I got you. Speaking of Epcot, and speaking uh-huh. of January at Epcot, Epcot, International Festival of the Arts opening dates have been announced. Disney announced that the 2024 Epcot International Festival of the Arts will begin on January the 12th, 2024. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, the, the, the guests can enjoy various outdoor food studios, entertainment like the Disney on Broadway concert series, which is, I don't want to say I mean, on any given day, I think could actually be better than even Candlelight. It's amazing. But I'll put it equal to candlelight far and above um garden rocks and eat to the beat 
I was going to say, again, it depends on, on the artist at, you know, those other series, but in general, overall, a hundred percent festival, the arts is amazing. I mean, yeah. And me and with my 98 degrees, don't forget about that. And, and Fatone and friends. 98 degrees. You need to chill out. (laughs) (laughs) Did Val go go with me to Fatone and friends or 98 Fatone and friends? Um, I think Joey Oh, uh, you know what? I don't know. Because the guy from Practical Jokers came out. Andrew, uh, so definitely was a friend of friends. Yeah. Okay. Um, step in photo ops inspired by classic painting paintings. Figments brush with the masters. Scavenger hunt. Not my favorite. Uh, chalk art and the expression section will all be back um, this year. So super excited. I, I think it's a... It, this festival, I think, feels fresher. I mean, I know it's newer, obviously. But I think it, it's has a bigger differentiating factor than, than the other three, which seemed to be a bit, a little bit more, um, you know, homogenized, I guess you could say this one just looks and feels different. And it's so much shorter too, which I think goes with what you were just saying too, that sometimes the other festivals, you're like, we're still in flower and garden festival. It's still flower and garden festival. It's still food and wine. Yeah, for some reason I thought there was a closing date announced too, but I don't actually see that. It's usually only about a month. It's not very yeah, long. I want to say like February 19th I saw, but mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Yeah, no, it usually only runs about a month. So if that's something that's on your bucket list, plan it now. Yeah. Not at a Skyliner resort for early, <laughs> early in the festival. Jesus. All right, Donna. Uh, something else returning in 2024. This is cool. So Disney has announced the return of their after hours events starting in January. As you might know, this is a separate, separately ticketed event offered at Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, so these events allow you to hit the parks for about three hours following the general park closure, uh, character meet and greets, snacks, lower wait times. Think about it as like a party but no specialty fireworks and no parades um i will also say that these events are typically much lower attended which means if your goal is i want to get on a ton of rides i want to be at the park you know the the old school extra magic hours when you used to be getting on a bus at one o'clock in the morning um you know this is that experience um i was to getting an after hours ticket last year to go with a, a couple of agent friends. And then I, I ended up not doing it because it was at studios and, eh. um, but in any case, uh, I'm excited for this. I think this is something that in the future we will definitely uh, take advantage of doing for a late night date night. Um, I, I just think it's really cool. I, I've always loved, always loved the Walt Disney World theme parks at night. I've always loved really, really late night. I'm a night owl. So this is uh, right up my alley. And the dates will start uh, January 11th and go through, let's see, the latest dates I'm seeing, Jamie, April 10th, depending on the park, of course. Um, yes, April 10th at Hollywood Studios. Um, and the one thing that we should also mention, Donna, is last year the H2O Glow event at Typhoon Lagoon was branded as Disney After Hours as well. That has not been announced as of yet. Obviously, we're going to have to see what water park is opened. Um, <laughs> but my guess would be we're going to get that announcement at some point as well. Although I will say from cast member friends just talking about what they saw 
for purchase on their end as a, at a discount in, in the hub. Uh, it sounded like the H2O after hours did not sell as well as some of the other ones. I can see that. I mean, I think that makes sense. So, um, yeah, prices look like they range at Magic Kingdom for without an AP or DVC discount, 155 to 175. Um, Epcot, 149 to 159 and then the studios 155 to 175 and speaking of after hours at magic kingdom specifically tron light cycle run will be using a regular standby queue for the first time in its in its existence at the magic kingdom because even at um, very merry and well soon to be very merry and mickey's not so scary halloween party they have used a virtual queue. So I think that kind of underscores, Donna, how, I don't want to say lightly attended, but how few tickets are really sold to these events um, that they're going to not even bother with the virtual queue and use um, standby for Tron. Jamie, you know what else I feel that does for them? Humor me. I'd almost feel like that's, I don't know if I want to say a marketing technique, but it, I guess you could call it that to say to, to guests, Hey, pay for this after hour ticket. You can ride Tron more than once if you'd like to. Yeah, that's fair. And you know what? Uh, I, uh, taking it a different way, Donna, it may also be a beta test for how standby could be used with Tron as well. Oh, Absolutely. And in real time to ca to gather data with, you know, and, and everything like that. But I just look at it as like, okay, if this person would pay $25 for an ILL to ride Tron and they can go to an, an event that's $150, you know, I'm not going to stand in line to do it six times, which would be, you know, your, your ILL purchase, but you might find value just in being able to ride Tron more than once. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Why don't you finish up this week? All righty. So Disney did announce new information about Jollywood Nights, uh, including exclusive show info and additional offerings. So remember, this starts November 11th, so we're only a couple of weeks out at this point. Um, and Disney has announced the names of um, a couple of the shows and talked a little bit about what guests can expect to see. So Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy show or, and Miss Piggy starring show at Theater of the Stars will be known as the Disney Holidays in Hollywood, while the Nightmare Before Christmas-inspired show at the Hyperion Theater is titled, What's This? Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas Sing Along. People lost their minds when that news uh, hit. So, of course, the shows were announced in June, but the details were not confirmed until this past week. And here's part of the post. It says, quote, there are plenty of surprises in store, including a brand new original song by Tiana. Singers, dancers, and live jazz musicians round out the talented cast of entertainers in this dazzling performance. Jolly vignettes remind everyone that the holidays mean something special to each and every one of us. So it definitely looks really cool. They're talking about characters you're going to be able to meet, um, outfits they're going to be wearing. Uh, it almost looks like Mickey's wearing like holiday-esque, but like also like Hollywood glam. Um, with time, It's time to get Jolly on the marquee behind them with those additional meet and greets. One thing that they announced that 
I think is cool, Jamie, and a value added piece too is the complimentary digital downloads of any of the PhotoPass photos taken during the event. Um, I know that a lot of our guests, we do encourage them to buy Memory Maker, um, but I, I don't know. I think this is really cool. If you're paying for a ticketed event, you should get the darn pictures <laughs> as, as part of that inclusion. Um, there's going to be a speakeasy sing-along at the Brown Derby and a tip-top club-inspired soiree in the Courtyard of the Tower of Terror attraction, uh, party-exclusive food and beverage. I, I mean, all sorts of really, really cool stuff. The only thing, Jamie, that I will say is there's a little bit of confusion that I've read about which attractions will or will not be available. Disney has committed to saying Slinky Dog Dash, Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, and Rise are all going to be available, and Rise will be a virtual queue. Um, but they have not committed to a number or what others will be available. I, th I do believe it'll be more than four. There are some people out there saying, oh, I can't believe it's four, four attractions. I think there's going to be more than that. But I think it's interesting if they haven't said, you know, totaling 10 attractions or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I think... I think you can bank on Toy Story Mania. I think you can bank on, um, oh God, Donna, the spinner. Um, Aliens, Rolling Saucers. Rolling Saucers, Millennium Falcon. Um, my God, is there another ride in there? I don't think, oh, Runaway Railways. Uh, you know what, Donna? That may close early, though, because of the fireworks. Fair. Yeah, I, I that actually probably will happen because that always happened um uh i think it happened at least when when they had the fireworks before star tours Muppet vision 3d i mean those are question marks for sure yeah i mean if, if you could have the whole theater to yourself at Muppet vision 3d but <laughs> um and the speakeasy sing-along i do believe will also have some sort of um not mobile ordering, but like a, a mobile, almost like wait list to get in. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Or some sort of virtual queue. They're, they announced that there's something like that. I, I don't remember the details offhand. but The space isn't big enough to accommodate everyone pouring in. Yeah, I, I think I'm excited. I think this is a fantastic idea, I, and I genuinely hope this succeeds, and I think it will. I think this is going to be good. I really do. I hope so. Yeah. So, all right. Good stuff, Donna. Like we said, a lot of interesting news stories um, this week. And I did want to mention as well, those awesome little stars that go down Sunset Boulevard are now installed at Hollywood Studios for the holidays. So we're Crazy. just around the corner. Um, so with that, let's take a quick break and we'll, we will be back with our jaunt down Main Street, USA. All right, Donna, and we are back, um, and I figured I would let you kind of take the reins a little bit and introduce this concept since it was your idea. Okay, so, <laughs> Andrew's busting your chops from four feet away and you didn't even hear him. Uh, so this idea kind of stemmed from the fact that we have talked in such detail about many different aspects of the theme parks. We even did a, a flipping competition of, of cues, which cue is the best on Walt Disney World property. We have talked about so many cool details, but I still felt like we were missing 
an opportunity and, and hadn't really jumped on, on that chance to talk about just the magic and the detail and the stuff that we as Disney dorks know to kind of elbow a friend and say, hey, don't forget to look at this. But in general, people can just enjoy the parks and not even see some of this stuff. So I will say um, this kind of was was this idea was inspired by a book that I have like three different versions of. It's called The Hidden Magic of Walt Disney World. This is the current uh, third edition. I love this thing. This is, if you are a true Disney dork, the way Jamie and I are, it, it's it's a must read. It's not even that particularly expensive. I think it was like 16 bucks on Amazon. And it literally goes through all of the treasures of Walt Disney World that there are things in here that we don't know. Like I would challenge you, Jamie, to read this and go, oh, I knew all of that because I don't think it's possible. Um, but it's just it's just such a cool look at these theme parks that mean so much to me. And I'm excited over the next um, you know couple of weeks to kind of take a deeper dive here at Magic Kingdom. Cool. Sounds good. So let me also say <laughs> makes me laugh that you did research. <laughs> well, I should say, let me also say that when Jamie comes up with ideas, he's like, let's put some, some parameters. Let's come up with a list of five things. And da, 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 da. So this afternoon while I'm prepping, as I always prep, unlike you, I text Jamie and I was like, Hey, so here's kind of what I'm thinking. Like do this and da, da. And he's like, no, I, I don't want to put a number on it. Cause then we're going to, we're going to have like be stuck with that number. And I was like, uh, okay, well, why don't we like, did it? And it no, Oh, no, it'll be fine. I don't, I don't even think we need to prepare. I was like, okay, cool. Prepare all of your ideas, <laughs> but leave mine to fly by the seat of your pants. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see how it goes. That's all. You know, maybe, maybe next week I'll prepare. I mean, Donna, I <laughs> letting our listeners in behind the curtain a little bit. I was so, uh, ill-prepared for tonight. I thought we were talking about Adventureland. <laughs> Correct. And mind you, there is a document that we share that lists the date of the episode, the episode number, and what we are discussing in the main segment. And details. Uh-huh. So, Jamie, would you like me to point out one or two things that you might notice when you walk down Main Street, USA? Sure. Okay. So I want to kind of uh, draw attention to the big picture here. When you are walking into a Walt Disney World theme park, it's not like walking, and I'm not ripping on Hershey Park or Dorney Park where we're from in Pennsylvania, but it's not like walking into those places where you're walking into a theme park. Okay. Which ride am I going to first? You know, blah, 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 blah. And that's not to say that when you walk into Magic Kingdom, you're probably, you know, knowing where you're going, which is a good thing. You don't want to stop in the middle of Main Street and pull out a map and go, where should I go first? But I want you to have and understand and appreciate the immersive experience that Disney has built for you. When you're walking onto Main Street USA, you are walking onto a whole nother world is really what the Imagineers want you to, to feel. They want you to feel like you are walking into this place of magic, um, you know, and wonder and, and imagination. And, you know, they have every detail down pat from the, the period appropriate clothing and building facades to uh, the smells they pipe out onto the street. It's not actually, guys, the smell from the bakery that gets you when you're going by. Those are fabricated pearls that they push out through their system to make you want to go eat there. I got to share. <laughs> 
the the I don't know if it's the um the smellitzers or at least that's I think that's what they're called um or the actual store itself I cannot go into the confectionery really gives me an instant migraine the, that's the smell so sad. the smell of the the amount of sugar or I have to spend minimal minimal time in there because it gives me an instant migraine are you okay in the um oh god big, what is it called big, big top. top um if i don't get too close like i can spend a little time in there but i notice the smell i'm very hypersensitive to smells um and yeah i can smell it right away um I, it doesn't bother me as much in there, but man, the confectionery hits me like a punch in the face. Well, I mean, we know you're no fun, so it shouldn't really surprise me. So anyway, as you walked down Main Street USA, you were getting a taste of Walt Disney's childhood home in Marshall, Missouri. It kind of um, brings you to, to feel that sense of familiarity and uh, experience excitement and anticipation for the adventure that you're about to have. You're looking down the street at Cinderella Castle. It's drawing you down the street. Uh, but if you just rush down the street, you're going to miss so much. You're going to miss the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I challenge you guys that are listening to this podcast. Next time you're walking down Main Street, unless you're hauling butt somewhere to a ride that you have to get to, please stop. Please, please, please. And look in the windows in front of the, the stores. The time and the detail that they that they take and spend setting up those window displays is unbelievable. At Christmas time, they literally have the story of a Christmas story in the windows. You get to see Willie as the ghost of Christmas future. You get to see um, the ghost of Marley as, as Goofy. It's just absolutely phenomenal and something that so many people miss because you're just so busy moving through. Jamie, one of your favorite places um, is on Main Street USA and Tucked Away. What's that? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's the bathroom. There, there was, yeah, there was a lot. That isn't a bad bathroom, I must say. No, actually, you know what? That's funny, Donna, because I know obviously we weren't talking about this, but that uh, bathroom area, once you get past um, City Hall and guest relations on the left hand side as you're walking in, that's a cool little area. Like all the brick, the yeah, water it's fountain beautiful. that I don't think works anymore. Like it's actually a really kind of cool little spot. Um, we're, I don't even know what you're talking about. Casey's? No! Harmony Barbershop, dude. Uh, well, you know what? Before we get we get there, I, I wanted to do even almost before you get onto Main Street. Because I think this is one of the coolest things that really sets up the story, if you will. In that the layout, like from the time that you hit the, the train station, right after the, the tap style... It's setting you up that you're at a movie. You go under the, the railroad station and you see the posters for all of the different attractions. That's like what's playing in the movie theater. To the, the first snack stand that you hit is a popcorn cart. Once again, playing off this theme of, of going to see a movie. And then you have you know, the grand reveal, if you will, of, of Cinderella Castle. So I think that whole setup and, and thought process 
it is just so well done, so cool. And one of those, as we said, hidden little details that most people wouldn't make the connection of. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then, of course, you would hit Harmony Barbershop, which is something you know Jamie's talked about a lot. So we won't beat which, this one dead. Which is totally makes sense with the movie theater, but nevertheless, but no, <laughs> it goes to that that small town feel. Like mm-hmm. you can get a haircut, which, by the way, is significantly cheaper than me to take Aiden where we normally get our haircut back home, which is ridiculous. I think it was one of the best kept secrets if you don't know anything about it um and i i there's a part of me that wishes they would expand the space and be able to take on more people but i think they lose the charm of it i would agree no i would agree with that uh something else that i always always mention to clients who um are are purchasing military salute tickets and i'm just helping them with the hotel room is the flag retreat ceremony jamie have you had the opportunity to do that I've seen it. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't let me pull the flag down. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe because they're not military. Yeah. Uh, no. But in, in any case, um, every night, uh, right before sunset, when you are supposed to either light the American flag or take it down, uh, Disney brings out a ton of cast members. They bring out a lot of folks from security who themselves were military service men and women. They bring out um, instrumentalists, uh, horn players to to play uh, the national anthem. And they pick a, a guest from the park that day who was a military service member and they allow that person to be the honorary service member of the day. They, they play the national anthem. You salute the flag. It's just an unbelievably moving uh, tribute. And it's so Walt Disney for those who are listening to our podcast, you know enough about Walt Disney to know he was a very patriotic man, very proud to be an American. So that the fact that they still do this and it's still such a big ceremony and not just, Oh, someone's going to come and take the flag down. Now I'm always so very impressed. And it's, it's such a cool thing to see. And Donna, that's all always at five, right? That doesn't Correct. change, right? Correct. That's what I thought. Okay. So that's something that's always really cool. Jamie, why don't you talk a little bit about the, you know what I wanted to see, this is why I took notes, Jamie, because now I'm all over the place. Uh, the statue that's in that kind of front courtyard there um, of Roy and Minnie talk a little bit about that. There's a statue. It's Roy and Minnie. I want to put my foot up your butt. <laughs> um, yeah, it's supposed to. I mean, the reason that it, it's there is be, specifically with Roy is Roy carried out Walt's dream, you know, before he passed because he never saw the ultimate creation. Um, he was there as, as Walt Disney World was under construction, Donna, or no? He died. In, I don't. Th- it would have been I close. Yeah. Because I think he died in '66. World opened in, in '71. So I don't think he actually saw any groundbreaking. Although I'd have to look at that because that I'm not 100 percent sure of. Um, so it was really Roy, Walt's brother, who took that dream, the Florida Project, um, and, and made it um, come to fruition and, and really come to to life and even you know some of the the crazier ideas that Walt had with the utilidors the underground tunnels and and things of that nature um so his statue is right there in in um town center um 
with with many kind of a mimic of the partner statue, which is in the central hub area. I've heard it referred to as the supporting statue because Minnie supports Mickey in everything as Roy supported Walt. Yeah. I don't know if there's an official name for it. Not the way the partner statue is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know. know. Yeah. Because it wouldn't be, I don't think it's in any other park. Um, We got a picture of it, which is kind of weird because they also move it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, during like Christmas season where they have that big um, Christmas tree as you walk in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if it goes in a refurb or they move it to a different spot because they got rid of of the um, there used to be a goofy bench right outside of where Mickey meets um, in Town Square Theater. And that's been gone for years. Yeah. Goofy, and I think there was another character there, but I can't remember who it was. Was there? Maybe. I can't remember. I thought there was, but there may not have been. So again, these are details that you might not even realize are around you as as you're walking in. Uh, if you are not at the park before 10 a.m., you might not know that the tracks beneath your feet as you're walking down Main Street USA are used in the morning to pull um, a trolley. The Dapper Dans sing to you the the court the um, holy crap. Barbershop Quartet, I couldn't come up with Barbershop, uh, sing to you from the trolley. They have a gigantic Clydesdale horse that weighs 2,000 pounds and can pull three times its body weight, pulling a trolley full of people down Main Street, USA. Uh, The old-time vehicles that you can ride that Walt Disney himself uh, loved riding around his California uh, park, Disneyland, uh, Main Street, you can ride. And everything is done with purpose. There's not a random number anywhere. The the engine uh, is the engine 51, as in 1951. Um, So there's, there's always a reason for everything at Walt Disney World. Nothing's random. Everything has purpose. Do you want to talk a little bit about the names on the windows, maybe? Yeah, before we, we hit that, because that's kind of a big one, the other thing that I is one of those cool did-you-know kind of things is that um, well, I think we all know that Magic Kingdom is actually the second floor and underneath you have the Utilidors. Um, but also what a lot of people don't realize is that it's slightly elevated going uphill as you progress towards the castle, um, which actually helps with, um, I don't want to say congestion, but people stampeding into the park and running into the park on the way in and then on the way out to help you out of the park when you're tired at night, it's actually slightly downhill, um, to aid in that. So it's, it's one of those details that's thought of that, most people would have no idea. So I always thought that was really interesting as well. No, it's, it's so stinking cool. Um, trying to see what else I wanted to talk about in the beginning of Main Street. You know what else is really cool to spend time in, Donna? Um, the uh, the train station. Like Oh, just, it's beautiful. I don't want to say the queue, but basically the queue, you know, the holding area, um, you know, when you have the roof overhead is a really cool area. And there's a lot of cool little details that that kind of aid to the time period um, that that people really just kind of blow on by and not take a, a minute to look at. There's a lot of really cool details in there. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> 
Excuse me, I misspoke. Not fifty-one. Seventy-one is engine company. Seventy-one. I was wondering. I, I didn't know what the connection to nineteen fifty-one. No, seventy-one. The park's opening year. No, the park's opening year. Yeah, that, okay, um, that makes way more sense. I was like, what happened in fifty-one? I was like, all right, maybe there was some uh, fire engine movie that I didn't mm-hmm. know. About. No. Um. So Jamie talked about how again this whole setup of walking into Main Street before you're even under, you know, going under the train station platform. How you're you're in a movie. Disney used uses, continues to use the second story windows down Main Street USA as almost like the credits for this movie and and who contributed in these massive ways to the experience that you're going to have while um, at Magic Kingdom. So on one end, you see Roy O. Disney and the other you see um, Walt Walter E. Disney. Um, their names on those windows, of course, Roy and Walt. Um, being the brothers that that brought Walt Disney World to life, um, but there are a lot of names in between, and they are not fictional. They are not, um, you know, random things thrown up there. They are very, very real nods to very, very real people. Um, Jamie, do you want to talk on that a little bit? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know who all is. Even I don't know who all is up there and everything that they contributed um because there's there's so many at this point but like you named the big ones with walt walt and roy um and and just people that really helped with the design and the construction and everything that went on um with the park so in terms of of disney lore it's a really really big deal and i think i don't want to say it was a few episodes ago because it may have been a couple years ago at this point donna we mentioned um somebody getting um he was the head of Imagineering, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but got a window at Hollywood Studios right next to Hollywood and Vine um, because he was so instrumental in the design of that park. So this is a very, very big um, honor for influential and instrumental people in in Disney park history. So um, it's really cool. One other detail that I want to mention as well, and I'll let you finish with the, the windows if you wanted to, is I always saw on, on Instagram and things like that, um, people posting pictures, typically if they get accepted into like the, the DCP, the Disney college program, oh, the casting window, the casting, or well, the casting door, door. excuse me. Yeah. Um, I had no idea where that was. Oh really? No, I thought it was at like um like central casting or no. something like that. And then I walked past and I'm like, son of a gun, there's the door. <laughs> so now every we have we started it with um because we made shirts for Aiden and Peyton one one year that said future cast member. Because of Anthony's so, onesie that Aiden borrowed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now every time we're there, I always make sure to, you know, that's the one spot that I always want to get a picture. Um of the two of them it's on the if you're walking towards the castle it's on the left hand side um i want to say it's after it's after the entrance to the emporium um you know maybe 20 feet or so after that on the left hand side yep Mm -hmm. yeah right right around there um but yeah never knew where that thing was (laughs) um and then then happened to just look and see it one day and um, really, really cool little detail. So 
finishing up kind of the discussion of the windows, because again, it's where this whole discussion is about the details. It doesn't just say, you know, Walter E. Disney. It says Walter E. Disney, graduate school of design and master planning. We specialize in imagineering. And then below that, um, while essentially the director's name, you know, coming first with the credits, the sentimental uh, version of the placement kind of dictates that Walt has been given and like, um, eternal view of the castle. And below his name are the master planners of the Florida Project, Richard Irvine, John Hench, Howard Brummett, Marvin Davis, Fred Hope, Vic Green, Bill Martin, and Chuck Mile, um, who were all instrumental in designing the Magic Kingdom. So then the next thing that I kind of want to talk about was that partner statue, Jamie. And I have a fun fact here that I did not know until I read this version of this book. Would you like to hear it? I would. I was just wondering, um, Ibe or Ibergs, I wonder if he has a window. He was actually the original drawer of um, Mickey Mouse, and I feel like he does have a window, but I'm not 100% sure. I think he does as well. Yeah, he's he was named a Disney legend, and he was obviously instrumental in the creation of Mickey Mouse. So go ahead, Donna. So the partner statue, as Jamie alluded to, is that statue kind of right in front of Cinderella Castle with Walt and Mickey Mouse uh, holding hands and, and kind of looking down Main Street and you know welcoming people to the theme park. So there are tons of details on this statue that, man, oh, man, I can't tell you. Jamie, how many pictures have you taken in front of the statue in your life? Um, 50? Maybe. Probably not as many as you might think. We don't really stop really? a lot for pictures. Or we do it in, in really certain areas that are less um, congested and less um, I don't touristy, I guess would be a word. Um, when you are here in March, please take a picture somewhere near it. For your kids' sake. We have some. We usually don't, because the line is always so long that we just never stop there specifically. Okay. In any case, but yes, um, Walt Disney has his, his hands outstretched, his right hand outstretched in the photo, and he's wearing what appears to be a wedding ring on his right hand, on his ring finger. Not a wedding ring. It's a collada ring. So a collada ring is a an Irish um, band traditionally worn uh, to indicate the wearer's relationship status. Um, it talks about which direction the, the heart would face. And I actually used to wear a galata ring in high school. Um, so it's, it's just kind of um, a crazy, interesting nod that even the ring on his hand is what he used to wear as a sort of dedication to his wife, Lillian. Um, his tie also has the initials STR engraved in it in remembrance of a tie that Walt often wore, which was monogram with the initials of the residential community Smoke Tree Ranch in Palm Springs, California. I knew that. I couldn't think of the name of it. Yeah, I knew that. Sorry. Isn't that really interesting? Yeah. Yeah, I had heard that before. I just I couldn't think of the name of what it was. So Donald Sherward Gilmore, which was then the chairman of the board at a pharmaceutical manufacturer, the Upjohn Company, is actually honored with a window on Main Street, USA, in Disneyland Park. Just kind of cool, all these little connections, I think. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's awesome. And all, all coming back to, you know, not to steal the attraction's name, but, but one man's dream. I mean, it's pretty awesome. That's kind of the end of, of what I notated here of, of things that I really wanted to, to make sure to talk about. But guys, I think to me, the whole point of this, this conversation of, of any future conversations we do for this deep dive is stop and smell the roses. And I get it. When you're at Walt Disney World, you've paid so much to be there. You, you have things you want to do. You have places you need to get. You have a genie plus of time, you know, window closing. I get it. But if you don't take the time to stop and look around and appreciate, it's not going to be as special of an experience. I mean, Walt Disney World has phenomenal attractions and no one's going to take anything away from that. But if you don't stop and look around and go, holy cow, this is really cool, you're not getting the experience the way you were meant to. Yeah. I mean, and and the devil is always in the details in that. You know, as many times and hours and days as Don and I've spent in the parks, like there's still stuff that we see. I'm like, oh, that that's a cool little nod. I wonder what that's in reference to. And I or- literally can't wait until we get to um, Liberty Square and I get to talk about the brown running through the pavement because it's my favorite thing to tell people. And everyone goes, oh, why'd you tell me that? And I'm like, well, you can't unknow it. So you're welcome. Do you want some really bad news or do you want me to tell you off podcast? Whatever makes you happy. It's not true. Yes, it is. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. It's not. It is. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I can't wait to have this fight on podcast whenever mm. we do this. So, but nevertheless, go ahead. Why don't you wrap it up, Donna? All right, guys. Well, on that little cliffhanger. <laughs> Next week, we are going to jump into another deep dive discussion. I'm not going to tell Jamie which land. I'm going to make him look it up himself because the document is well prepared for him there. Uh, if you guys have anything to add, you want to tell Jamie he's an idiot, anything like that, mm-hmm. you're welcome to reach out. As always, we hope you have a great week and we'll see you real soon.